You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So Sid Talk, we were just talking about Disney. Correct. And you were saying... The before the after the show discussion included many things. Doctor Who, Disney... I think that was about it. <laughs> well, all the things that come under those umbrellas. And uh, we were just—I was saying, what makes a really good Disney? Not all of Disney movies, but the ones that have songs in them. What makes them memorable is where, how good the songs are, or how catchy they are. I.e., Frozen. Um, you can't take those songs out of your head; they just stick in your. I head. disagree. And the Lion King. Everybody remembers Elton John in the Lion King. I think of Akuna Matata. Oh, the Jungle Book, The Bare Necessities. You can't not hear it. Yeah, well, you, you know. can bring that one up. Now it's got that in my head. Yep. It's a Bare Necessities. The they're, they're just all the way back. It's all um. So, Frozen is you know this huge thing now. Yeah, but this is you. my thing. I don't see it like any. But apparently, I mean, there's going to be other people like me. I don't get it. It's a cute little movie. The one song about, do you want to build a snowman, is so sad and heart-wrenching. That stands out to me. Other than that, I I liked it. It was very fun. It was cute. I really That's liked it. I know you did. I said, it's either got elements of hypnosis involved, and I'm not susceptible to hypnosis. Everybody else seems to have been hypnotized into thinking it was fucking great. Or, it's a bandwagon thing, and people just go, oh, yeah, and then they just jump on that bandwagon. But you don't like musicals, and you're not particularly fond of animation. No, I like some, animation a lot. Not as much as everything else, and you've even said. You've said it, and so all of a sudden you're hypnotized by this movie. That's well, no, because, because I like lots of Disney movies, so I like Lady and the Tramp. I've said this. I know, it's a hypnosis. That's what I'm saying. It's not just Frozen. It's all of them. You think Disney and I'm not so in their movies. <laughs> and you're all going to be, you're like sleeper agents, and one of these days something's going to snap in your brain, and it'll be like, ka-ding, we are now all slaves to the Disney overlord. And we'll all build a snowman at the same time. Do you want to build a snowman? All right, so. On that note. This is Saturday. On that note. Uh, I was just singing. Ha <laughs> Sort of. Sort of. So it is Saturday, September the 13th. Unlucky for some. And this is After the Show, number 343. The movie we're looking at this week, because After the Show is a movie podcast where we review a movie. What is it? Today's a date that I... It's something, something. It's Saturday, September 13th. No, I mean, September 13th is something. I'll think of it. So, yeah, we are a podcast where we review movies. Sid Talk's thinking about that date. Um, we're going to review Godzilla on Blu-ray. This is a 2014 movie, and it will be released on Blu-ray this... Well, is that actually upcoming? Yes, it is. This upcoming Tuesday, the 16th, you can pick it up then. It's a PG-13 from our friends at Warner Brothers, and Sid Talk, give us a synopsis of Godzilla. Seriously? Seriously. Anybody listening to this knows the synopsis of every Godzilla story. Okay? It's a big thing. Big, big creature. Okay? He's going to tear up some shit. This one happens to have additional big creatures. True. Which I think is cool. Which other Godzilla movies do and also. And there are little piddly humans who are trying to either destroy or capture or 
do something else to these big creatures in order to save all of our civilization True. from destruction. Or the planet, or whatever. I don't think I'd love to destroy the planet, but... It's like um, a disaster movie. I would categorize it in. For mm-hmm. us, anyway. Not for them. Well, for them as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> it's not good for them either. So, Godzilla. I mean, there's nothing, nothing new, nothing spectacularly, like... There's nothing you could introduce about this movie that people go, oh, that's in a Godzilla movie? Yeah. So this is um, a new a new take on Godzilla. Like, the last Godzilla we had was Roland Emmerich's Godzilla, which um, starred Ferris Bueller. <laughs> and that was back in the 90s. Ferris Bueller and who was the woman? Ooh. Blonde? No, was it in the 90s? Or the, no, it was in around 2000, wasn't it? Um I really, I really liked that Godzilla. What was your um, feeling on that one? Because most people, I see this all the time at the moment. Wow, that was the worst movie ever. That was a really terrible Godzilla movie. This one? No, the other one. Okay. Um, the Roland Emmerich Godzilla. I really enjoyed it. It's really, really dumb. That movie. It's got, it's of its time. It's got all that yep. really wacky dialogue and and improbable things that people do. It's not taking a serious note. It's just like... Banter, oh, banter, banter. And let's smash things up and let's have fun. It's like Independence Day. It's that exact vibe. And I liked that it. It is very that. of its time. And now our time is dark. Now we do uh, serious now. Now we're we? like, Sounds you know what, everybody? Climate change. The world's going to end. We're yeah. going to make disaster movies like the 80s. We're going to make disaster movies without the punk post apocalyptic edge. We're just going to make dark everything. I mean, there was a Well, from Independence Day onwards. 1998 (laughs) was the other Godzilla. And the woman was... So, from Independence Day onwards, it was, um, let's have, like, a silly take. Let's have a disaster movie where everything goes to shit, but, like, let's um, be funny with it. Like volcano is the That's is the king are. of that movie of that little thing. Yeah, oh my it, god! I can think of loads. Even even carrying on further on with like the day after tomorrow. Even those are that bloody twenty twelve, which is only recently. That had like a wacky vibe it's, to it. Yeah, like it like it's it's not super serious. Now we've tended to like the new Batman and this Godzilla, we go in for like a more serious tone. So when you look back in the future... Even like Pacific Rim and yeah. Battleship well, and... We're trying to make it like realistic, like as realistic as we could. If this happened, what would it look like and how would the people react? Because if you mix other things in there, even some TV like Walking Dead and stuff, it's just a dark yeah, we're more survival mode instead of... Nobody's having a We're going to kick the ass yeah, of whatever's of bringing us down. America, none of that either, which is what Independence <laughs> Just, I think more like does. humans. Like, humans, yes, we can destroy anything. So that's what this Godzilla takes on. What I was asking, what do you think? Did you like Roland Emmerich's Godzilla? Because I actually time, really liked it. I think it was a good time. I think it was fun. But I'm pretty sure I had that thing of ugh, the goofiness needs to not be in there. I wanted it to be more destructive. I haven't rewatched it at all. I always want Godzilla to be bigger than he's ever been, including this time. He's pretty big. I mean, the original outline for him was he was supposed to be about 300 feet, which is what they did in this one. They made him 300 feet. What original outline are you talking about? From Toho, the people who invented Godzilla, the original movies, that he was always said he's a 300 foot beast. And he is a 300 foot beast in this movie, which is pretty big. Because when you do see him, that shot in the um, in the airport in Honolulu, mm-hmm. and you see his, you're like, holy crap, he's massive. 
Um, so this, this one takes a real serious tone. It's more like if Godzilla really came and we were just living. Kind of, sorta. It's not a hundred percent serious. No, you know what? I was thinking Battle Los Angeles that we watched last. Mm-hmm. It's taking the vibe of that. Like it's almost like it's there's a bit of like humans are awesome. We're gonna sort this out, but then there's not in this one. There's a little bit of succumbing to nature. But, and we've not seen a Godzilla film for a long time. Well, 1998. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, it's, I mean, you could say Pacific Rim that we saw last year was like an unofficial Godzilla film because they were called kaiju in that and, you know, Godzilla's a kaiju. But they were coming from a different place. But they were still big monsters having fights in cities. They're not Godzilla. They're not, but it was like a, it was the closest we've had to a Godzilla movie. And this is a, a true Godzilla movie. Now, what I really liked about this movie, and I really liked it, i got to say, it was higher than my expectations of it. And what I really liked, and this, these were my main points, I almost wanted to write them down so I didn't forget, but here we go. <laughs> they used Japan as a starting point, which is awesome because that's Godzilla's origin. And they didn't just, like, fake out... A, I mean, they didn't film it in Japan. But but it felt like it was actually in Japan, the actual first part, and they ex- they took about an hour for Godzilla to appear on the screen, which I thought was really good because it's only a two hour movie, and it took an hour for Godzilla to appear. But that whole build up, you to just it, made a bunch of people be like, "Oh, I'm watching that." Then, well, I'm I gonna, thought the whole build up, <laughs> fast forward to halfway through, the was movie. almost better than the. Go- I thought it was really good the build up because. You get to meet the principal characters, and you, it just felt foreboding. All Let me time. just remind you, the director of this also made a movie called Monsters. He did, yeah. And in that, you don't even hard, you don't even see them at all hardly till the end. Because that was like an independent movie. Like, he made that really small budget, but apparently the special... It was... People were comparing that to District 9. I Is disagree. That like, it was really good special effects, they were saying, but on a small budget. I disagree. I have to see it again, but I disagree. I watched it. It was it's, nothing but rave reviews, that movie. In fact, that's how he got this job. Because he does monsters good. Um, or does monsters well. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this movie, really, I liked the... It was quite tragic at the beginning, and it made me feel for the characters, the human characters. And it is mostly about the human characters, this movie, I have to say. As always is. I sometimes... It's not like we'd go to Godzilla's little hangout and meet his family and his friends no, like <laughs> and plan- care about Planet him. Of the Apes. Like Rise of the uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, where you're kind of like... Yeah. Like I said to you. And in this too, I had portions of it going, can we just concentrate on the monsters and screw the humans? Like, Because I, I know what the humans' little dramas are, because we're all the same. We're, we're all going to, oh, we got to get to our loved one or whatever, but I want to see the monsters fighting, you know? And the same with Planet of the Apes. I was almost like, you know, okay, people. Then you really wouldn't like monsters. No, probably not. <laughs> it's good. all about the it's human, human drama, drama with some monsters somewhere making weird noises. But this movie's really, I thought it was really cool telling of it. The, the credit sequence at the beginning was really awesome. Like it showed you all that old footage mm-hmm. and it's like almost the best part of Ang Lee's The Incredible Hulk, yes. which is a terrible movie, is the beginning part where it kind of does this like, it, it shows you the origin story, but in these, like, old flashbacks. And they did that here. I thought it was really cool. And then 
it's really dark and foreboding the whole movie. It makes you feel like it's it feels filthy and it feels like Oh, I don't agree. I, I just thought the world felt like grim. There's no happiness in this movie, Adley. Like there's a little bit like when you see the human relationships, but it starts on a really like holy shit, this is not happy. I mean, it's not very happy at that moment at the, at the beginning, right? So yeah. what, it, what, how, what are you saying? How does that fit into the I story? love that tone, to, to go for like a foreboding... Because the movie's called Godzilla, you know a 300-foot monster is about, it's coming at some point, right? It's probably going to like walk on buildings and, you know, smash us all up. I so, don't feel like what you're th- saying, so... Well, Independence Day, let's go to that, right? It's mm-hmm. all like... Happy, happy, we're all happy, and then the aliens come, and then we're, like, fucked, right? It's just people... Armageddon. Same. Yeah. Funny, funny, funny. Yeah, you know, wisecrack. There's none of that wisecrackiness in this. It's just serious, serious, serious. And that's what... I appreciated that. There's no, like, one-liners. There's none of that. It's a serious movie about Godzilla. And um, when Godzilla comes, I think they did him justice... I know you th- think you... It looked awesome, but looked it was awesome. also never in the daytime, which sucks. No, it was never in the daytime, um, and I, I feel except like, for the very end. Where I feel like they could have pulled that off, but for some reason... I feel like they could pull it off. Absolutely. No, no problem nowadays. I just think they wanted it to be, like, um, moody in some way. I don't know. I didn't get moody. I got... We're hiding things. Yeah. But it did look... I mean, the, the Godzilla spoilers. Plus, it's hard to show massive power outages in the daytime. True, but and that dark, was part of it. You can see all the lights going yeah. off in it, and that is a dramatic thing. Sure, but, um, yeah, that's one of the problems with it. So, spoilers: there isn't just Godzilla as a monster in this movie. There's another monster because Godzilla in the old Godzilla films, where it's a man in a suit wandering around a little plastic city, he fought different monsters. Mothra is the one that always came to mind for me, the big giant moth. Well, Godzilla fights a monster in this one called Muto. And he's awesome. Because the beginning of the film, and you're just prepared for Godzilla, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And then they're like... Oh, but now we've ruined it for all the people. But I just said spoiler. And, they, <laughs> and, they, and they're doing this I'm thing. I'm saying, if they continue listening, now they won't have that feeling. And they're doing this thing, and then, you know, this other monster appears. Which is almost better than Godzilla. Mm, I disagree with that, but I did like that it was something like, oh, right. And then the story of it... Is more interesting because it's not just Godzilla coming to lay a bunch of babies and walk away as we got with uh, Fierce Bueller. Yeah, that was what happened in that one, wasn't it? It's always about the reproduction with these animals. It's yeah. nature. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it as a parallel. To, it's always about. It's like you have to accept that these aren't monsters, as in a horrible serial killing human who wants to inflict pain. He doesn't want to eat us doesn't give a shit about anything except surviving. And just the way you would walk through your yard and not realize you've just stepped on an ant and a beetle and a worm and a who knows what underneath your feet. You don't give a shit about that little echo, little echo world down there. Neither do these creatures. We are nothing to them but in their way. We are, as one person in the extra said, we're like the flea on the dog. And they, they don't, they're not out to kill us. They're just out to do their own thing. And the only time like they really pay attention good to good element. Yeah, the only time they pay attention to the humans is when humans are firing tanks in the faces yeah. or, or trying to rocket launch them in the mouth. 
So, yeah, they don't pay attention generally. They just... I don't know, but I think Godzilla's still a man in a suit. At some point, that creature was a man in a suit. No, I don't think so. I think yeah. it was CG the entire no, time. No, I mean, it moves like a man in a suit. I think they must have done some... Um... Yeah, oh, oh, motion capture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Both of them. All of them, actually. The... This one, that's kind of Andy Circus kind of walk that that creature did. Yeah, I think they were, the creatures were awesome. And when they're running around the city, there were some moments where I was like, holy oh, crap. Like this, That's this major some... destruction. And they didn't, like, flinch away. They didn't try and make it comic booky. It was like, it looked yeah. like, here's a place where a tsunami's happening. And it's because of these monsters. And, and like, there's people dying. There's, yep. You know, it's not... It's not gruesome. No, but it's not watered down. It's like, there's a lot of people going to die in this scene you're about to see. I mean, you're not going to see them all get squished. Because when it landed, when it just casually was landing on top of that building and it completely destroyed, like, the top five yeah. stories and of it. and what's the chance of nobody being in that exactly. building? Exactly. So, yeah, it's very... I was thinking right at the very end, um, the cleanup for that... I, mean, I know this isn't real, but if that was real, <laughs> how long would it take the world to get back to... Uh, normality it would take many i don't know after a, like a hurricane or a tsunami it takes a long time to get back, yeah it? in fact 9-11 was years to get it completely cleared out and and this was this was like that for an entire yeah, this was like the entire all of the skyscrapers being in october so yeah i really thought they did the special effects well i do agree that like it was all in the dark and i felt that it was all in the dark because it does make it easier, doesn't it, to do... I- I'm not saying it looked bad anyway. Hmm. And there's a shot at the end in the daylight of Godzilla. Barely. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean it's, <laughs> it's clear and it doesn't look bad or anything. I mean, it looks like Godzilla in the daylight. So they could, I, I thought they should have mixed it up a bit. They should have had some day scenes and some night scenes. I mean, Las Vegas was daytime, I guess. Yeah, but it, it was, was really... If you notice the Las Vegas thing, they came... And then we saw a lot of it on TV screens. Like, yeah. It, it, it was... A lot of this was done through goggles, through glasses, through TV screens, yeah. through windows, through cracks in the door, which I like because if you're a character living this out, it's not all going to be full screen right in front of you because you're going to be hiding. You're going to be like the news stories, obviously. So I didn't mind that it wasn't overdone. I Yeah, I just thought of another Godzilla film we've seen in recent memory. Um, Cloverfield. It's not Godzilla, but it's a it's a Godzilla type movie. Mm. I mean, it's a massive beast destroying a city, but it was because it had that weird Cloverfield had that um, first person camera view, didn't it? The entire time, it made it feel different. But still, it was a beast destroying a city. I don't see those as Godzilla movies, I guess. I think Godzilla's just its own thing. I just mean kaiju movies, like the actual the. Godzilla's a brand for big monster movies, but there was a load of other big monster movies that emulated Godzilla during the time when it was popular. I mean, it was hugely popular in Japan. There's so many of them, like they were churning them out, like the Toho Company. Did you watch all of them? None, zero. You never even watched the original. No. I mean, it's cool, right? But I don't think it. Now, I mean, it's quite clear it's a man in a suit, and it's quite clear he's walking across a miniature. It's King Kong looks like cutting edge to it. The original King Kong? The original King Kong looks like a cutting edge movie to what Godzilla looks like. And it was. Because they barely tried, like, on Godzilla. It was just like, there's a monster, and when we show you the monster, just forget it's the man in the rubber suit with the little arms, you know? So they are pretty 
They're going to be dated, and they're going to have a kitsch value, aren't they, for people where it's like, oh, that's so hilarious because it looks bad. But uh, I'm surprised you didn't see any. They were on TV. They were... Not on our TV. They didn't you, show you, those oh, in the old... You've been around me long enough to know. I lived in the country. We had two channels, three channels at best. Did HBO not show Godzilla? We didn't movies? have H. We didn't even have cable. We had oh, nothing. Oh, you did have it. You always said I had you HBO it, when right? I was seventeen. Oh, I had nothing before that. In fact, sometimes only two channels. Like I don't even said no when I saw Godzilla. I was probably seventeen myself. I was, it was probably in my teens when no, I saw. No, never, it. never, never, and didn't have a VCR. Didn't really rent movies till I was older at all, like way older. Didn't see cable unless I went to my sister's house in a bigger town. And then I watched Monty Python and like as much of that kind of stuff because like we had didn't have it. And uh, so another refreshing thing about this Godzilla movie for me was it it didn't feel like oh we're making this movie to make a franchise of Godzilla. It's a very contained thing. Yeah. It doesn't go hey look here's this thing happening, like like Spider Man did last week. At oh, the yeah. very end, it's quite clear. Hey, here's some things that are going to happen in our next movie. Hello, here it all is. Like, this isn't that. It's like, mm. it's a self-contained movie. Yeah, it is. You know, the characters go through a thing and I, I don't feel like it's made to go, oh, let's make a Godzilla movie every two years. It's not that. It's, everybody knows Godzilla and is Godzilla. I mean, yes, they could do another one. Because he has enemies. Godzilla has enemies that are iconic and Toho made, you know, Mothra. Could be Godzilla versus Mothra, the next one. I Mothra doubt it. turns up for no reason. I, I doubt it. <laughs> They're not going to copy another bad guy. But yeah, this had the Toho Corporation's marks all over the beginning of it. I know. We it need a movie like... where the world, our world as we know it, has been retaken over by giant creatures. And we are the fleas or the ants. And that they are actually dominant over the whole, everywhere, every landmass in the water, and we are just in constant survival mode, and there's nothing we can do about it. How about a movie where it's just them, and we've already been wiped out? No, no, I like the idea that there's some of us left, and there's just, that's it, like you're just surviving, and then maybe some cataclysmic thing that kills everything again? That'd be yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go on to the cast. This movie, um, the movie poster says, Brian Cranston, Godzilla. And Brian Cranston is indeed in this movie. Um, I've got something to say about Brian Cranston in this movie. I don't think he's a particularly good actor when it comes to these. He... I have a newsflash for you. He's not particularly that good of an actor. I think he was way. great in Breaking Bad. I know you did, but you were in love with the show. But I feel like it's the role he was. He he, he took on that role completely. Like, but if I w I watched Breaking Bad and I wasn't slobbering over it like you and a lot of people, so I see him the same as that. As I do in this. There's an element of actorliness. A little bit of theater all the time. In the way that he kind of overthinks things, I think. You know, a the, bit. You know the beginning when there's like... I mean, a, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying he's always the same. When there's been a tremor. Mm -hmm. The way he reacts to the tremor is like... Um, <laughs> and then you see him in the extras over-talking yeah, about it. Like, exactly. how a person would react if... But I was you know, watching it and I was like, wow, nobody else is doing that over-the-top thing. Because I was looking in the room of all people. And he's like doing the, you know... Yeah, it's like overthinking the shaking of uh, Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, yeah, like that. Or in Doctor Who when the TARDIS <laughs> exactly. is Exactly. You have it's to like, just go with the flow. There's no thinking man's part of this. You're just... <laughs> so I think you idolize some some aspects of him which blinds you a little bit and then you see him in real light 
this movie. I mean, this isn't like a great actorly movie anyway. It's just an action movie. But I didn't particularly care for him in it. I was like, "Uh, you know, like, he's all right. It's nothing special. Um, So playing... Was it him or... Wasn't it him in Apes? No. William H. Macy? Who was the da- who was the guy with the broken iPad? Gary Oldman. Correct. <laughs> oh, they, they all just merged together. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Brian Cranston, it's not... They were selling this movie with the name Brian Cranston on the poster. It's not... He's just a, really average in it. And I, I'm, is, I'm a big fan of his, so... I, I was like, wow, he's not actually that good in this. Aaron Taylor-Johnson is pretty much, I think, the, the star of the movie because he's on the screen the most, if you think about it, out of anybody. And Aaron Taylor-Johnson, you will have seen in Kick-Ass. He's Kick-Ass. And he plays Ford Brody. He's Kick-Ass with that squeaky voice. And it plays... almost came out a few times. Yeah, and he's a British guy. I mean, he definitely, you could not tell he's a British guy ever when he does his American He guy. still does that thing where it kind of starts to purse his little mouth open, do a little squeaky thing, but he didn't. So I was very proud. It was just on the verge a couple times. So he plays Brian Cranston's son. And I actually thought he was excellent in this. Yeah, that was I was like... It's fine for the way the movie comes off, because which is the, action, destruction. There's not a serious like, thing. Yeah, but it wasn't like hardcore serious. It's not like we're talking about Lone Survivor kind of serious, you know, with Marking. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. It's not that kind of seriousness where you're you're convinced that if you plucked him off the screen, he's that guy. This is more like he's acting like this soldier guy and this series of events is happening and he has he's good though. He doesn't overdo and it. And he's really anytime. grown up quite a bit, like from, well, yeah. from even Kick Us Two that we But he was know. already getting grown up. Yeah. In that one. But he's really good. I, 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 he is the star of the movie to me. He, he should be the name on the poster because he's the guy who you're following most of the he's time. He's not very passionate, I find. He's a little va- vapid in there, or uh, empty when it comes to the emotional stuff. Mm. I didn't feel like he was... It's that kind of va- it's that kind of movie, though. No one feels that dug in. It's not very detailed. It doesn't really go into detail. I felt more... Guts and, like, drive from Dennis Quaid in Day After Tomorrow Yeah, than I did for this guy. But he's, like, a real seasoned actor, though. Like, this guy's a, a young... Right, but also just the, just the general vibe of the whole thing. I didn't... I'm not saying Day After Tomorrow is great acting or anything. I'm just saying that I felt from the time that guy was going to go head out and find his son, he was literally not going to stop. And everything was to get to the son. Whereas in this, I felt like... He just needs to get home, basically. Until that's he ever gets there, that's not even what's necessarily on his mind. He's, he's uh, you know. Then again, I wouldn't want him to turn around to everybody and grab him by the shoulders every five minutes and go, I've got to get to my woman. I've got to get to my son. See, so. that's why I, what I liked about it. It wasn't yeah. over the top. It wasn't movie-like. He was just a dude. He was a soldier, and he he got mixed up in some stuff along the way, but he was just trying to get There's lots of coincidences. Yeah, there is. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, what, that's kind yeah. of what these movies do, isn't True. it? True. Um, so his wife is played by... I didn't write her name down. <laughs> Martha Mary Marsha Marlene. True. Her. Yeah, Elizabeth Olsen. That's it. I, I surprised I didn't put it down. Um, and she's really good, but... She's good, but they generic guys don't. And there's not a ton for her to do, is there? I mean, like... They Mar- turned her into the generic um, wifey wife from, like, um, The Rock. Yeah. Or from... What's the other one? Uh, yeah, The Rock's a good example, actually. Also, the... 
plain one. There's a woman. Conair. Yeah. There's also a wife there that's sort of. It's just like, we'll show them you at the beginning. So now she's, you know how much they've got to She's hot and sexy, yeah. and she's real beautiful, and she's got some noble thing. But this girl feels real to me. Oh, like, She doesn't feel hot and sexy, and she, she always, just feels like a girl. Like, she's always good. That We've seen her so far. Always good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she plays his wife. Uh, Juliette Benoche from Chocolat. 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 Uh, plays um, Mr. Cranston's wife, and she was good. <laughs> Brief and good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. If, you, if you're coming into this movie for, like, a, lots of Juliette Binoche, yeah, you're disappointed. In fact, <laughs> she's on the screen less than Godzilla, probably. Godzilla's on the screen a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that's a good comparison. Um, and then uh, Ken Watanabe plays um, Dr. Isn't it Ish- Watanabe? 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 I don't know how you say it. Dr. Ishiro Suriwaza. He plays the, yeah, the doctor. Um, he doesn't play the doctor. Scientist. There's always pa- scientists. He's a paleontologist. I know, but there's always that, that. That's the formula, man. Yeah. If, the we formula. Said, if I sit down right now, I'm, I could guarantee you I could write a story about when, like a story like this, right? It may not be, become a big movie, but if you sit down and read it, if I made like 10 pages and I picked all the right formula elements, You've got to have the, the experts. The experts. You've got to have the emotional reason. You've got to have the humans are great and awesome and we need to be salvaged and saved. And you've got to have what appears to be an overwhelming foe that is uh, uh, like nothing we do, like Independent Day. Or Battle Day. Los Angeles. It's exactly, it's like, Absolutely. there's no way we can win. That's why I kind of like when you hearken back to maybe... Well, I like the movie of it too, but, you know, um, what's it called? Independence Day? No. Tom Cruise. Big War long, of the Worlds. War of the Worlds, yeah. <laughs> I'm acting like <laughs> one of the big walking things. That concept to me is one of my favorite sci-fi things ever because it truly would be... We would be completely wiped out. If it weren't for just sheer nature in that story, the way that story is written, it's just about our earth has things that will do, and that's down, down, down to us. We couldn't have done anything about it. So I like that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, he play, he play, he's good, Ken. He's good. Oh, yeah. It's very serious. Um, he's, he makes things more serious to me. Yeah. And I actually. He takes it very seriously. I actually think having a Japanese. I, I wish he'd have spoke Japanese. Um, I don't think that is too much for an American audience to subtitle one character. Yeah, but no one else around him spoke Japanese. No, I know. And that really, kind of, that's the only thing that kind of bugged me. Like, yeah, Brian Cranston did a bit of Japanese, didn't he, every so often, but talking then, to Japanese then they went people. to Hawaii. And then, and then there was an oddness when he was at work, Brian Cranston. He spoke to some people in Japanese and they answered him in English. I don't know if that was like a respect thing. I, I'll try and say some mm. of your thing and you'll try and say some of mine. I don't know. It seemed a bit odd. Well, no, I think there are some things that language are, those two languages are very different. And there are things that, there's maybe not English words that express a thing the way that Japanese, because it was in a very heated situation. So I just took that as there are, there's no way to say this in English that you're going to understand me. And then they got it with the Japanese words. So the cast is pretty good here, I think, all, all in all, but I was definitely in it for the monsters, and the monsters delivered, I thought. Why do you think we call them monsters? I don't know. Because you think about it, like, is a bear a monster? Or, or... No. Yeah. Is a wasp a monster? 
Is I mean, the spider a monster? I mean, you could only just call the these fly, creatures, right? couldn't you? Because they are creatures. Yeah. Large creatures. In fact, that's probably what they do call them on the, uh, in the, at least the scientists. That's what the, the thing said at the beginning. Creature violence. Yeah. In the little, did. uh, rating thing. <laughs> Some <laughs> creature violence. So this is directed by Gareth Edwards, who you said directed Monsters. I've not seen Monsters, but he's did Godzilla. And then he's actually, his next movie is the Star Wars spin-off that Disney are doing. Which, um. Spin-off makes it sound so classy. That's its official title at the moment, the Star Wars spin-off. But um, Gary Witter, who I like, who wrote Book of Eli, he's writing this Star Wars spin-off. And? And Gareth Edwards is directing... I mean, he also wrote... Book of Eli. And? And? Um, I can... Uh, Earth, Another Earth. After Earth. After Earth, yeah. Yeah, with, um, you know... Will Smith and his son. I was going to say The Smiths. <laughs> Not The Smiths. There's no band in there. No. But uh, yeah, that that so Gareth Edwards is going on to do Star Wars after after Godzilla, and you know I think he's a good director. I think that was I, I liked the tone and the vibe of this movie. I do, but there's also a cheapness about it. Just a, a hint of that falling back on I think it's that, mass audience thingy that yeah. there, where there's no. Where I think Battle Los Angeles, even Battlefield, as much as people might hate it, or Pacific Rim, there's just an element that's a little bit further. It's not all about the, this is very crowd-pleasy. Like, in the beginning, this is one of the things that I, I kind of, I don't try to measure a movie by the dialogue necessarily, but we had the guy in a cave looking up at a big giant thing with uh-huh. a hole in it and says, it has a big hole in it. Like something crawled out of it. And then it, then the camera pans out and you see, like nobody had ever noticed that before. Exactly. Yeah, and also, this, the firemen are knocking on the door of a hotel room. They open it and half the hotel's yeah, gone. Well, they never noticed Did they that. not? Yeah, they, they, there's a bunch of that in there. Right. And so there's this weird the, sort of the like other thing expositional is, weirdness. Yeah. The other thing is, uh, you know, the happy birthday banner that the kid was dragging along mm-hmm. the floor. That was... She put it up, oh, remember? Oh, she did said, she put it up? I, I yeah. can't see that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They went to school. He said, she said, go get dressed. I'll take care of it. Ah, okay. She put it up and then was going to come. I home was thinking, who put that up? So yeah, but the, but the, the thing crawling out of the cave and then the big massive, <laughs> like, you know, giant thing Another crawled thing out of the cave. Flying away that no one else noticed except no. the military. <laughs> there is a bit of that. <laughs> but the thing of someone look, we're looking at this hole in this big sack and someone's, it's like, I listen to a lot of old uh, radio yeah, classics. Nest. And on radio, on radio shows from the 30s and 40s and 50s, they have to describe everything. They literally, because you're listening, you have no picture. So they will say, oh, Dr. Mike, there's a big hole in this gelatinous sack hanging above us. Yes, I see that, Joe. And it looks like something crawled out of it. I mean, because you have to draw, you have to make a picture in your mind. But when you're watching the movie... It's moving pictures. We see it. So I thought I mean, that it's was a cool, it was a cool shot. I have to admit, like it was a cool shot. Yeah, but that what I'm saying is that cheapens the movie to me a little bit. It take it not takes it down from being like potentially even a tiny bit thoughtful to just a spectacle. They so. actually do a similar shot in uh, the Godzilla with mm-hmm. Matthew with Broderick, footprints. where he stood, and then the footprints the cam- is good. Thank camera you. pins out, and then the footprints are good. It's a similar type of reveal, isn't it? A reveal is what they call it. Um, so, um, I think you missed my point <laughs> of what I was saying, but that's okay. Well, that is not the first time. I personally don't think it cheapens it. I think it, it just makes it into that 
big... You're about to have sunlight hit your eyeball. It makes it into that big um, Hollywoody type disaster movie. Like, it's kind of like you said. Dummy down. It's just the formula, yeah. Um, so the Blu-ray has some extras. It has uh, Operation Lucky Dragon, Monarch the Muto File, the Godzilla Revelation, and Godzilla Force of Nature. What what they are is um, one set of them is these like almost like public information films that are fake, but mm-hmm. they go along with the movie. I feel they were probably on the website, yeah, so you could kind of get some information. And then the other ones are the making of the movie, like a like a behind the scenes thing. Um, they were pretty good. There's lots of Gareth Edwards talking, which I liked, because I've never really seen any interviews with him. Um, they, they show you a lot of the... One scene I thought was really interesting how they made. You know, the beach in Honolulu, where it was all... And it showed you all the layers of CGI. It was actually amazing, because I didn't... I know, I know this CGI when I'm watching a shot of everything destroyed, but I couldn't tell you where and which bits are what. And when they layered it all in, I was like, holy crap, there's way more than I think there yeah. is. Like, hardly anything is, a, just the beach bit is real. And then, so, I like seeing that stuff. It's not really in-depth, these featurettes. It's not like the Spider-Man one from last week where they really go in-depth. But it's not um, really necessary. No, and there's no commentary, unfortunately. But these Muto files, if you're interested, they kind of, I said to you, if in years and years to come, if some ancient civilization <laughs> finds us and, and looks at... Uh, like do you this. mean some future civilization? Yeah, we're, we we're some ancient, ancient civilization to some other <laughs> yeah. beings. And they look at... And that maybe that's the first thing they find, the muto files. <laughs> and they go, holy crap, these people had a really so hard this time. is what happened to yeah. them. <laughs> you know, because it's done so realistically, like, when you look at it, it's like, wow. That's what I'm saying about finding anything. They could find just Harry Potter books. And that could seem whatever the first thing real. is they find, they'll think it's our. Well, no, just if that's the only thing they find, and then that could be what they think it was like five thousand years before. I that's mean, how the Bible. That's what came we about. do. That's what the Bible. Not about. just that. I mean, every anything that you find, you just sort of leap to that history conclusion. and everything. Yeah, is all. Yeah. But oh, we found a book, and it said that Arthur did this to <laughs> Marion, and you're like, yeah, but that's just a book. It could have been a story. They did write stories. But no, we just take things, don't we? Like, oh, oh, no, there was evidence to this, and you just have to trust it, don't you? History. So um, Or not. Yeah, or not. So in conclusion, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was pretty pretty cool. It's um, got the the mood and the tone just right for me. So now what I have, if I want to watch a Godzilla movie, I can watch the Emirate one if I just want to laugh and what, what see some cool special effects, because it did have really good special effects. Would you really laugh still at it? Well, I mean... A laugh remember, as in it's the wife brings cheesy. home all the people and his camera falls in the mud. Those aren't that's not really funny, is it? That hair that voice actor guy's in it, Hank Azario. It's just cheesy in the way Independence Day is cheesy in the way when you watch them back now, but they're still fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I want a, di- a dingy, you know, dim version of Godzilla, this is the one too. So I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. So uh, thank you to Warner Brothers for the Blu-ray. If you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com. We've got a new contest this week for a new movie I'm called... a bit, I'm bitter, though, because when you look at that cover, I was very excited. Look at the scale of that Godzilla. Yeah. He's twice as high as all the buildings in the entire city. And that even looks like the Empire State Building there on the side. And he's not. I'm just a, a spoiler. I wanted him to be that humongous. Like, where a building was really nothing. Like, not even just something you had to kind of... 
They, they kept to the 300 feet thing and he was 300 feet. Yeah, but why put that on the cover then? Look at it. Yeah, true. I think they're just trying to sell you. Oh, that's Japan, you. isn't it? Yeah, they have smaller buildings. Well, no. He wasn't that big no matter what you say. He was down here. True. So... I want a creature so humongous that we are absolutely nothing. Nothing. So next week's Blu-ray review is... Uh, talking, we had Godzilla this week. Next week, we're having God's Pocket, which is um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's last movie before he died, which I'm excited to see because I thought I wasn't going to see any more Philip Seymour Hoffman, and here's another one. Yeah, but you're just going to be sad the whole time. I won't be sad. You will. I'll just admire the performance. I know you. You're going to be sad the whole time. So, it's movie recommendations you, is, for this. This is going to be your mind. This is the last time I'm ever going to see him. Last movie I've ever gonna see. I'm gonna have to watch all of his old movies again. I'll never see him again. I'll never see him again. <laughs> when I think of him, I, I I wanna watch Boogie Nights again. I need to put it out and watch it. Because he's excellent in Boogie Nights. He's really young in it too. He like seen I mean, how long ago is it? Twenty years? He's young. It's not twenty years. Must be fifteen at least. Did it come out? I watched it in the cinema in England. Mm, right. So, it must be. It's probably 17 years. 1997. I watched it when it came out in the cinema. But he yeah. seems... Re- he's, he's like, he looks like a young... Really young in it. But he never really looked really young. Mm-mm. Think about it. So, uh, movie recommendations. I am going with that original Godzilla. Not the original. The original Godzilla. The one from Toho from the 30s or 40s. All right. And uh, Pacific Rim, which I really enjoy Pacific Rim, and they're doing Pacific Rim too. I'm really glad, because I, I thought it's really fun. Like, that is a fun movie. It's it's tongue-in-cheek. It's really, it's kind of silly. It's got lameness. The human, yeah, lameness, yeah. but it knows that. It It's self-aware, I think. I'm of, not sure of, about that. I, I don't think, you, think it I think you add lame. that layer to it. I don't think it is. No, uh, I, it's, it's silly. But then the monster fights were really cool. Like, mm-hmm. I think the monster parts in Pacific Rim are actually better than the ones in Godzilla. It's just, there's a bit of variety in that one, obviously. But when they do fight in the, it's, it's obviously not nighttime all the time. You mm-hmm. see them fighting. Um, it's massive scale. And it's robots versus robots, creatures. Yeah. Which, what's not to like? So, uh, Sid Talk, what have you got? Mine are Battleship. Because I also liked that one. I don't think I liked it 100%, but I actually liked it overall. It seemed a little bit like, what? Like weird. Because that was totally Peter, not Peter what Bird I was expecting. And then it turned into like, it had great special effects, great monster creature things. I just, I think I enjoyed it. It had the hokiness a little Which bit, but it was quite dark too. So I like that. And um, Inception, for some reason, reminded me, something reminded me of Inception. I think I was thinking, this movie does nothing for my brain whatsoever. Like, I don't have to think about anything. I know there's going to be big creatures. Humans are going to be like, oh, poor us. We're getting crushed. We're going to de- defeat it so that we can go back to our happy happiness. There's no ha- there's no thinking there. And Inception came to mind. Like, that's a movie where you're, you're actually confused if you're trying to figure it out. And the other one is also To the Wonder. Another one that you're kind of like... There's no formula. There's no like. That one's not no confusing. It's just a, to the wonder. Okay, so I'm confusing to you and I. What I'm saying is, it confuses your brain when you've been watching so many movies with formulas, and now you're watching this movie that does. It's not. It's like a jigsaw puzzle where none of the pieces are jigsaw pieces. It's 
it makes you think and it makes you react a different way and you have to think a little bit past what you're seeing and I like that. That's why I thought of those. Inception and To the Wonder. So games and Ace Scully stuff for this week. There's been a massive game came out this week. One of the biggest games of the year aside from Call of Duty, I guess. Let me tell you what the quote is from you. It has me in its grasp, grasp or something like that. No, I said it's got its hooks in it. It's me. got its hooks in me. So uh, this this game is called Destiny. It's from Bungie, who made Halo. And, um, you know, the history of Bungie is they got really successful because they made Halo and Microsoft bought them. And then they went on to make several Halo games and, you know, Halo became this huge thing. And then Bungie decided... We don't want to just keep making Halo games at Microsoft. It's kind of stifling us. So they left Microsoft, but sold the Halo property to Microsoft. So now Microsoft carry on making Halo games, but without Bungie. And unfortunately, the Halo games have suffered because Bungie are not involved. The last one I played, you could tell that they weren't involved. It's like, oh... You were never that into Halo anyway. I've never really been that into it, but I have played it. I mean, I've played hundreds of hours of it, to be honest. But I've never really been that into it. I've played the multiplayer quite a bit, though. But um, Destiny... Now, I would, I would describe this. It's quite clear that this game is made by the people who made Halo. Because everything about it is Halo. The storytelling is very Halo. The character designs are very Halo. It's quite clear. It, Aside from it having the Master Chief, it's... You can't, you know, you can't differentiate it. You're like, oh yeah, this is made by the guys who make Halo. It looks like Halo. But it's a new next generation game. Now what they've done, instead of how Halo was always set up was, there was a story, and you went through the story, and it was a linear path, and you just went through it, and it told you a story, and at the end, you know, you got the conclusion. Now how this one works is they've really turned like the shooter thing on its head. And the story mode especially. Because it it takes place, uh, starts on Earth. And Destiny, what it's about is there's this big ball. It's a massive big sphere that's the size of a planet. And us, the humans, have been going about our daily business. And all of a sudden, this big sphere appears parked above Earth. It's like, you can see it from Earth. It's huge. You mean like a halo except a circle. Exactly. <laughs> So this big sphere appears, and everybody's like, what the hell? Have the aliens come to kill us? And then this sphere sits there for hundreds of years. We just go about our business. But everything starts getting better. Like, plants grow better. You know, the world starts to thrive. And this sphere is responsible for it. Now, with the good that it's giving the people, and they call it the golden age, very specifically, that when it's there and everything's good, everything's good. It goes on for hundreds of years. And then, whatever, nobody knows why it came. It just came and decided that our planet was the one that it was going to, you know, feed. And then, baddies are coming after it. Like, baddies want it, because obviously it's a good thing. It can. How do you know these things want it when you don't know what it is? I don't know if they want it, but they've come for it. They've come to remove it, and they're called the, the darkness, they're called. And they have come to try and get rid of it. Now, during this time, the Earth has gone to shit because they're kind of attacking it. And you, you, you saw it in the air. You can see that it's kind of getting destroyed. So now the Earth's gone to shit. So you're a guardian. They're called guardians. You're just a 
person on on the earth and you're fighting the fight against this darkness which they've invaded our planet also they're aliens of different races it's like all that war on the planet and it's all because of this big sphere that you don't know why it's there so what they've done with the story is really interesting it's not linear so you start on earth and it shows you earth and there's some missions you can go and do them in any order you want like you can go here and do one here and do one and then eventually the missions lead you to different planets. You go to the moon, you go to Venus, you go to Mars. And it's all in our solar system. So I think that's what makes it really cool because Halo, it was its own universe, you know, like there's nothing to latch onto. Yeah. Here, when they say you're going to the moon, you know what the moon is and you know kind of what to expect of the moon. It's not like seven sector, five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, like we're going there and you're like, oh, what the hell is that? And you know what Venus is and you, you so... I think it makes the story more, like, digestible. Because Halo is, I would say, it's really up its own ass. It's very hard to understand. There's so much going on. You have to actually get a, a wiki and, like, kind of look into it to even understand. This one's a lot more simple than that. You're this guardian. You're fighting the fight. And you're trying to follow this path to find out what's happening here. You know, like, you go one place. Somebody tells you you should go and speak to that person. So in that respect, it's like an MMO. Like you're going from one person, getting a job, going t- trading it in, getting some better gear. So it has all that about it. But then it also has multiplayer, which is like Call of Duty. In fact, it says on the back of the box from the people who brought you Halo and Call of Duty, which would be Activision. So the multiplayer is like Halo multiplayer, but they added Call of Duty to it. So all the leveling up, and they're getting, you know, extra bonuses and different weapons and all that from Call of Duty is in there. And the Halo gameplay is also in there, which is, it's not like Call of Duty because you're using laser guns. And, you know, space people have, like, armor that can take more than one bullet. When you play Call of Duty, you can pretty much shoot one, a person with one bullet and they go down. In Halo, you have to shoot, 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 because you're going through a shield. Everybody's got a shield. So that makes it feel very different. Um... And I don't really like Halo's gameplay because what it amounts to is shoot, 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 and they don't go down and run away. Like There's a lot of that, so you'd never feel like you're getting anybody. But in this game, the multiplayer is really excellent. Like it is, The weapons are really good. They feel like solid, like laser rifles. They make laser noises like pew, 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 pew when you shoot them. There's different ones you can choose. You can outfit them in different colors. You can change your person. Like in Halo, you were either the Master Chief or a Red Master Chief or a Blue Master Chief. In this one, you pick your person and there's all different parts you can find on the battlefield and you can, you know, I've made mine look exactly how I wanted it to. So, it really has its hooks in me, that's what I was saying. I want to go and play some now. Yeah, I can tell. It's really... So when I say supper's ready, you're going to say, can it wait 12 minutes? True, I'll be in the middle of a multiplayer. <laughs> can it wait 17 minutes or so? But it's... It's a really cool game. And all I've heard this week is negativity about it. I don't get all the game. Like, I just listened to the CADcast. They just basically, like, ripped into it for an hour. Um, NeoGAF. There's a bunch of people who love it. But all I really read is negativity. Like, oh, it's not what I thought it would be. It's not as good as I thought it would be. You know, the graphics are exceptional. The sound is really good. Um, The story is... Average, it's a Bungie story. If you like Bungie's stuff, you will like it. Um, the MMO aspect of it is really cool. Like, you know, finding different... You know, 
If you go and play a multiplayer match in Call of Duty, you'll level up your dude. In this, at the end of every multiplayer match, it randomly spins a dice. And everybody in the match might get something... Like, it's like... And then, like, ten people... Say there's ten people in the match. Three people might get something cool. So every match you play, at the end, it's like, oh, am I going to get something? Am I going to get something? So it makes you want to play another match, you know? In Call of Duty, you don't get nothing at the end of a match. You just get some XP. In this, there's a possibility you're going to get an excellent gun or a different helmet or, you know, there's always this random stuff. There's... They've also built in things like raids where you can go with your friends and do these really big missions. I did one yesterday that took about two hours, remember? I was sat... And uh, it was really difficult. They're really cool. So that is Destiny. Um, pretty cool game. It's uh, from Activision. It's on every platform. It's on the PS3, the Xbox 360, the PS4, the Xbox One. And uh, I've played it a lot this week. I don't know about the longevity of it. When Call of Duty comes out, will I still be playing it? Who knows? Um, but I think they've done a good job of it. And the negativity that people are showing it. I think it's because they haven't played it enough. I think they've they played let, a few they hours. They let its hooks get in them. Right, so they've played a few hours of it and then gone, oh, it's kind of like Halo, which is true. But if you like the MMO kind of thing, like leveling up, getting new loot, I'd compare it to like Diablo 3 in that in that thing. The reason I play Diablo 3 two years later, still pick it up and have a game, is every time I play it, I get something cool, like a new thing. Like something new comes and I go, wow, that's better than the thing I last had. And then when I equip it and shoot it, it's like a crossbow that does flaming arrows instead of the last one I had, which was wooden arrows. And I'm like, wow, now I can do flaming arrows. Everything's easier to do. That's the reason I come back to Diablo 3. And this is probably the reason I'd come back to this. Because you never know, do you? I mean, they're going to add to it in the future. They'll probably say, add things, you know, special events. So that's Destiny. The other game I played this week, and I've played it before, but I played it because it's a free PlayStation Plus game and I wanted to get the trophies, is Jurassic Park the game. It's by Telltale. It's using the same engine as Walking Dead, which, so that means it runs really poorly. <laughs> and it's jerky and it's juddery. And it, it looks way different. It doesn't look like they're the Telltale games. No, it's, it's... Like, way different. They did it a couple of years ago before the Walking Dead games. Um, it's really okay. It's It's like the Walking Dead... And it get, it's got the full Jurassic Park license, so it has all the music and it, they use Jurassic Park. In fact, it takes place, if you remember the first movie, the very beginning part where the guy's on the toilet and the T-Rex eats the toilet. It's not the beginning. It's right at the very beginning. Well, it's in the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie where the where the um, shaving foam canister goes missing. It falls down and rolls with the embryos in it. This picks up right there. You actually see that porta potty all squished, and then you find the uh, shaving canister. That's where it starts. So it, this actually coincides with the movie a little bit. But because it's telltale and it's janky as hell, and it, everything, you know, you're trying to make a choice and everything's pausing and hiccuping, it kind of puts a damper on it. But it's really, really cheap. I think it's a dollar for the whole thing. So if you like Jurassic Park and you like telltale stuff, uh, it's worth a play. So, what's for dinner, Sid? Tonight, we're going to revisit the tofu. I've been marinating, or like I like to call it, soaking it in a certain kind of sauce all day. It's ketchup and curry sauce. <laughs> curry powder. 
Should be delicious. It's baking right now, actually, as we speak. And some vegetables and potatoes. That's been kind of standard lately. Potatoes. Sounds good. It does sound really good. I agree. And my advice, you ask? Is that what you're asking? Yes. What's my advice? Okay, I don't know how else to say it, but like, you don't have to change that kind of mushy, overly romanticized or overly idealized memory of someone you've liked or loved in the past, like a friend that was a friend but isn't anymore, or an old love interest, or somebody I had a crush on who maybe never even knew you existed. You don't ever have to make that go away. Because if in the in a moment, like if you're stressed or you're just thinking about life and that person pops into your head and the memories were good or the memory of the feeling you had was good, I think that's fair thing. You could keep that just in its own little bubble. And even if for five minutes it kind of like, you know, even if it was a relationship that went bad and you remember the beginning where things were good and that feeling you had... That feeling to remember it, there's nothing wrong with remembering past people, you know? Because I have friends like, well, friends, but they're not friends of mine now. They were friends in college that I have good memories of them actually impacting my life at the time. But then now there's nothing to it. I'm not particularly fond of one of them at all. I know what you're talking about. And yet the memory of the time... Is a, is a, it's fair to remember that in a good way and to have that if you take something away from that. I just think that sometimes we mix that all up and think, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm married now. I can't ever think about that guy I had a crush on in high school because, oh, that would just be wrong. That's not wrong. You're not, he's not standing next to you and you're not going to fuck him. He's like a memory in your mind. And if it makes you go like, you know what? I remember that guy and I remember that thing. But then I look at my husband and I think, I just, I love you more than I could have ever loved that person. But that person gave me something. It made me appreciate something or made me feel good about myself or it was my first love, whatever it was. I think too many times we just think, people like to say, oh, the past is the past. Like to just block it all out. But sometimes you got to take the good stuff. Even if you never open your mouth, never say it to anyone, ever. You just sit silently even maybe maybe you're talking to your best friends now and you're having a glass of wine, but in your mind you're thinking back 20 or 30 years ago when you had a friend in college who you had like a crazy adventure with and you felt great. It doesn't take away from the friend you have now. It's just remembering all the great things and all the people that you've had True. along the way. So good advice. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you can squeeze some advice out of that. And you have to wrap it in some cheesecloth and let it drip for a while, but... Yeah. <laughs> so I want to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sidtalk.com. Quit picking your logo. Was sidtalk.com down this week? It was not. I just had to pay for it. Oh, did it, Did they not take it offline? No. No, no. It wasn't late. Jesus, what do you think I am? You can catch us on Twitter <laughs> and Facebook. You can also catch this podcast on stitcher.com. I've noticed that stitcher.com uh, tweet our podcast now. When the podcast comes out on Sunday, they tweet it. They so, don't. It's the computer. No, but it's on their feed. So, like, yeah. um, other people will see it on, you know, I don't yeah. put it. It goes on at Stitcher, at Stitcher and they'll say after the show, you know. So, something automatically tweets it. But if you follow Twi- Stitcher, you will also get an alert when our podcast comes out. Um, you can also catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store. 
the Zoom Marketplace or the RSS feed. Just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. You can subscribe there. Email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She really hates you all. <laughs> and finally... That is inaccurate. Stay classy, Godzilla. Because it's pretty classy. Think of that and see. I agree. And I'm going to say think for yourselves. Because if you don't do that, then someone's doing that for you. Bye.